welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a uh, Monday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford since 1983. They have been providing you exceptional customer service seven miles east of Nashville International Airport, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, or online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage is where you go for your dream address without the stress. Get the intel to help you sell your home for more at GaryAshton.com. DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action. Don't miss an opportunity to cash in on your favorite sporting events or with things like Coach of the Year props that you can find in the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code A2Z Sports. Brymac Mechanical, B R Y M A K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Go give them a look. They'll put you in your comfort zone now that the summer is officially in full force. All right. So a lot to get to over the course, uh, a lot to get to over the course of this evening. So Josh on YouTube says Kaharski mentioned how Farley wasn't scared after being activated. He said, normally players who are activated during practice are usually timid during camp. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I assume Karski said this on, on outkick 360 because I know he does the last hour of their show from Titans training camp after we've wrapped up all our media stuff. So I'm not sure, you know, I, I not having not heard Paul's comments myself, cause I was finishing up my radio show while Paul was doing outkick. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to take that as Paul casting a blanket over all of the players. Cause you know, it's case by case, right? It is fantastic that Caleb Farley was out there and and was looking confident. And I can I can confirm that myself. But you know, he really wasn't doing a ton outside of stretch with his teammates and then the individual drills, which are critical. Listen, it's his first day in. Uh it's his it's his first day in. And um, you know, you want to you want to see him carry himself a certain type of way. So I can absolutely agree with Paul saying that he didn't look to be scared out there. He didn't look to be timid out there. I don't know if I would say normally players who are activated during practice are timid during camp. I, you know, I, I don't think I don't think there was anything timid about Jeffrey Simmons. I don't think Rashawn Evans was any kind of timid. Uh, Nate Davis is is soft spoken and really mild mannered, but I wouldn't say after he missed all of training camp that he came into practice. As timid, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think you could go broad net like that. But I do understand what Paul's saying about Farley and his initial observation. Basically saying it's a good science is bright. Yeah, and that's that's the first observation. That Caleb Farley got very much in the swing of things right out the gate. I've got three takeaways total to give you, but I want you to get involved here tonight on A to Z Sports Primetime as well. Uh, the observation what what I guess are you wanting to see from Caleb Farley in his first couple practices let me know in the comments on Facebook live Twitter YouTube and Twitch your two rivers Ford take what are you looking to see from the first uh from the rookie first round corner give me your responses in the comment section wherever it is that you're hanging out with us on A to Z sports prime time and we will discuss at length together what uh, what are you looking for from Caleb Farley 
in the first week of practice that he'll be participating in. Remember, we are officially in week two of Titans training camp. Four days of week one in the books now, five total days of camp wrapped up. Uh, while you guys give us your Two Rivers Ford take, what you're looking for, I will tell you about the people who present the Two Rivers Ford take, which is, of course, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for incredible Ford uh, American-made vehicles. Two Rivers Ford has been the place that you go to, the best Ford dealer in all of Middle Tennessee since 1983, nearly 40 years in the business. There's all manner of new things out at Two Rivers Ford with all of the great new vehicles that they're rolling out, the 2021 Ford Bronco, the Mustang Mach-E, of course, all-electric Mustang Mach-E, the Ford Maverick pickup, all kinds of great vehicles that fit your family's budget and your needs at Two Rivers Ford. They're loaded with technology, and the technology is new and up-to-date. But what remains steadfast, what isn't new, is the fact that Two Rivers Ford has been giving their customers the same honest upfront pricing and unparalleled buying experience since they went into business nearly 40 years ago. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, contact one of the non-commissioned salespeople at Two Rivers Ford and see what Ford has to offer. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. The best in the business at Two Rivers Ford. So what are you looking for from Caleb Farley? Uh, ben Boosquest? Busquet or Busquet? I don't know. Either way, Ben on YouTube says, how does Farley look size-wise? I know he is long, but is he big relative to the NFL? He's the biggest defensive back they have out there. Caleb Farley is Caleb Farley's length is something that immediately captures your attention. It's it's the size of him as a player and the way that he moves at that size that I think is what makes him so uncommon. Caleb Farley and I'll bring up his measurables here in just a second so I can speak uh, speak officially from the team's website. I want to make sure that I get the uh, – I, I want to, I'd be curious to see what they have him listed at. Uh, 6'2 for Caleb Farley, 197 pounds at 22 years old. So 6'2 is my height, but among the defensive backs, he is one of the tallest guys. Byard's probably around 6 foot. Amani Hooker looks like he's a little under 6 foot. Christian Fulton is not a physically overwhelming dude. Uh, I wouldn't say a smaller corner, but they are smaller in comparison to Farley. Now, what catches your attention, observation number two, takeaway number two, is the grace with which he moves at that size. So we were out there. Really, the only thing that he did today, I was able to watch full go um, because it was before my radio show started. And on the radio show today, by the way, we had Jayon Brown, Tomorrow we will have Kevin Byard, and I'm sure I'll talk to Kevin about what Caleb Farley looks like and what they expect from him and how he's going to fit together with that group. So that'll be tomorrow at 11.15 after practice concludes at St. Thomas Sports Park. Kevin Byard on the radio show with me. Um, but so first and foremost is that he seemed to assimilate right away. He's clearly comfortable with the guys around him. Now, I tweeted out his, his literal first rep, right? He went through stretch. And then they break off for individual drills, and the the secondary goes off to uh, to one part of the field, and and they're they're practicing tipped tipped pass. I mean, basically tip drill interceptions, right? Tip drill interceptions where a coach is throwing a football at uh, at another coach who's got these two arm pads on, like the things you see guys wear who are uh, who are practicing with the uh, with the police dogs, like the the arm protecting 
pads that you have on. This is what this thing looks like. And essentially, one coach is throwing the ball to the other coach who has the pads on. The coach wearing the pads is deflecting the balls up into the air so that they can practice tip drill interceptions. I'm sure there's a better way to describe that, but I think I've accurately given the description. So anyway, Caleb Farley goes through his first rep. Uh, maybe not a great ball from the from the guy throwing the from the coach throwing the football. Maybe not a great tip, not an ideal tip, and it and it just kind of bounces off Farley's hands. Runs through the drill, and everybody, you know, I we tweeted it out because it's his first rep. That wasn't a an indictment of Caleb Farley, but I had uh, I had you know people like Luke Worsham, my buddy at A to Z Sports Nashville.com, tweet out jokingly, just immediately bust all caps, right? And and his first rep, of course, he didn't catch the football. Now all of Titans Twitter is losing their minds. Not that deep at this point, but he was uh, he he looked he looked to you know really he finished strong through the drill. He ran through the drill um, and did not like throw his hands up in the air. Did not get frustrated. None of none of these things that would indicate you know anything but walking through team behavior or uh, walking through rookie behavior and going through his drill. So the the comfort level out there, the physical size of him, the length and the grace with which he moves, because I watched him through that individual period with Coach David McGinnis of Titans Radio, right? You guys know Coach Mack. He's the best. Um, Coach Mack is the best asset to me, frankly, while I'm watching practice, because Mack will watch things. He'll watch things. So when you walk into the practice field, right, there's you walk up into the middle field. The middle field is the first one that you see. Two fields on either side of it. Mac always sits and watches practice behind that middle field because there's the film. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what that. It's like the film tower. Like they have cameras sending images from all over the practice field to this one film tower. So Mac's watching the reps out on the field, then looking over at the guy who's running the film tower and watching it in real time. Watching film in in real time. It's a really efficient way to watch practice and to learn about what it is exactly you're watching. So I'm I'm watching Farley with Mac before I walk over and start the radio show at 10 o'clock. And he's pointing out, you know, different calls and checks and alerts that the guys are making while they're walking through basically it's just a walkthrough of of red zone defensive calls, secondary calls, right? So they're they're checking. Uh, they're checking based on wide receiver motion. They're checking based on personnel. And they're just kind of walking through this without the uh, the offensive skill players on the field. The coaches are just making sure that they drift in the general direction that they're supposed to when that particular coverage is called. So we're watching all this. And, I, uh, and, and Mac points out something to me that I really thought was, was critical as, as, as good an observation as any that I have seen or heard made from camp so far. I'll tell you what that is here in just a minute. Uh, right after, sorry if you keep hearing that music in the background, these damn pop-up videos on ESPN and CBS, they they never stop. They drive me crazy now. I don't know when that started, but it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Anyway, I will tell you what my biggest observation, my biggest takeaway from Caleb Farley's first day that I learned from Coach David McGinnis is right after you hear from the head coach, Mike Frable, on this particular subject. Well, I mean, I think the significance is trying to get as many people as we can get back to, to working with the team. There's certain rules that that you have to, you know, 
follow when they're on PUP or NFI or just different lists. And now it you know allows him to get out here and do some of the jog through before practice. It allows him to to be around his teammates and individual and you know, group and you know the little work that he did against the offense today. He didn't do everything, but what he did do, he seemed like he was. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, it's, um, you know, just going to be working him back in and just trying to make sure that, you know, he feels good and that the conditioning level is, is where it needs to be to be able to compete and, and get, him, get him through practice. That was Mike Vrabel at the podium after practice today talking about Caleb Farley's return. I'll tell you what the biggest takeaway that I had from Caleb Farley's first day, other than the two that we've already mentioned, the length, the physical length of him, the way that he moves, and the way that he approached practice. Give you the third one here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all, all of them, your HVAC needs. Three locations in Middle Tennessee to make sure that you receive the best possible coverage commercially, residentially, ductwork, they got you. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Uh, so my final observation and, and question asking you guys, you know, what you are looking for from Caleb Farley now that he's officially out on the field. Uh, Tay A. Thompson asks me, how did Sam Ficken do? So Sam Ficken, before we, we continue with this Caleb Farley conversation, Sam Ficken is the new kicker that they added to the roster, what was that, yesterday. Wave Blake Hawbeal, kept Tucker McCann. The kicking competition, the kicking matchup between McCann and Hawbeal on Saturday at Saturday's practice did not go well. Uh, Hawbeal, the last kick that we saw him make was just a brutal miss from 50. 50 yard field goals are, are difficult. There is no question, but this was, you know, this was bad enough. And he'd had a, he'd had, he had one go in from 42 that absolutely should have missed the net. I'm really. I, we're still trying because it it did miss the net behind behind the goalpost. He somehow got it in to the goalpost without hitting the net behind it that catches the balls that keeps you know the ball from hitting a hitting an equipment guy in the face or something like that. So Hallbill not great. They bring in Sam Ficken, and today they didn't do they didn't do kicks. <laughs> they didn't do because they had national TV out there, and they I don't know if they didn't want to broadcast on national television because the NFL Network was out there today doing uh, their live training camp hits. <laughs> but I don't know if they did, just didn't want the national TV cameras to catch the kicking competition or if they were just giving the kickers an additional day off, an off day, by the way, because they had Sunday off. Sam Ficken did not kick a field goal today, nor did Tucker McCann. So I'm certain we will track that religiously tomorrow when we see them out on the field. But final observation, uh, final observation from... <laughs> Now help me. Just just help me understand this for a second. We I've got all of the uh I've got all of the comments about <laughs> about Titans practice and Caleb Farley and I have two in here. I don't know if these are bots uh cuz it's two different people. It's Jacob Brown and it's Scott Kimberly and the, the they just say Trump won. Have we said anything about the presidential election uh, in the last? I mean, I don't think I've talked about sports and politics <laughs> since since the Titans sat out a practice after uh, after Jacob Blake was shot. 
what am I am I looking at bots in the chat on YouTube or those are these real people Scott Kimberly and Jacob Brown they both just say Trump won with an American well one doesn't have the American flag the other does have the American flag what am I what am I missing here <laughs> are these da, Danny says buck bucks bots what on earth uh I mean you know whatever whatever makes you happy there uh Jacob and Jacob and Scott. Okay, well, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, good. Jacob Brown says not a bot. Oh, okay. Well, then you're just bored. What are you doing in here? We're clearly not talking about anything to do with uh, with presidential elections. Um, so I'm not entirely certain why you are hanging out in our show tonight. But, you know, uh, continue on as you will. Uh, how is Racy McMath and Des Fitzpatrick? <laughs> he immediately asked. Jacob, you are officially, now that you've just lobbed grenades into the chat and completely derailed the conversation, you are now barred from questions for the remainder of the night. You may return, uh, you and Scott may return for future nights and ask questions, but, you know, what, what are you two doing? Get your shit together. What are we, what are we talking about? Trump won the election. <laughs> We're talking about quarterbacks and kickers. Jesus Christ, I can't deal with people. Uh <laughs> Um, uh, let's see bots leave your definite being trolled. Damn it. Now I've lost my train of thought. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, you didn't finish the thought with Mac watching the film in real time. Thank you. Juice box. Thank God for juice box. We, uh, we appreciate you guys because you guys know how short my attention span is. So, you know, that when something pops up, it pops up in my pops up in my, and I Ron Burgundy it, that it's going to completely derail the show, but you guys know me well enough that you need to get me back on track. So here we are. Uh, so watching film in real time with coach Dave McGinnis of Titans radio, watching Caleb Farley with Mac and watching the film back from the film tower with Mac as they're walking through drills. The third observation, uh, that I made the third takeaway that I made is that we don't know how he's been in interact. I mean, he being Caleb Farley, we don't know how, how he's been in interacting with his teammates in the building, right? This is the first opportunity that we've seen him out there with the rest of them, not rehabbing on the third field or all of these other things that we see at practice, but we're not allowed to tell you that we see until they come off of the third field and everything is right and well in the universe coming off of NFI today. But the thing that caught my attention and that Mac was pointing out to me is that you would see somebody like Jack, Jack rabbit, Jack rabbit Jenkins make a hand motion. Once the coach is called out a certain coverage when they're running that end zone drill and immediately you would see Farley pick up on the hand motions that Jack Rabbit is signaling to the rest of the defense. Now, uh, from an from immediate, I'm not a coach, right? I don't have a coach's background. I don't have a training as a football coach. I've watched football long enough to understand basic concepts, basic formations, basic coverages. But when you get into like nuances of the game, I'm going to miss some stuff that Mac is going to pick up on because he's done this for. Uh, 100 years and not to age coach Mac, but you know what I mean. So Mac points out this hand motion that Jack Rabbit is making to the rest of the defensive backs. And immediately Farley picks up on the hand motion. Now, whether he ran the right coverage, I don't recall because the, the immediately after they ran the coverage, the coaches came over to him and kind of explained, okay, this is why we did this. This is why he called out that particular hand motion. And this is what you're supposed to do in this particular situation. But that he recognized that he recognized that direction from 
the from the veteran players on the field and then immediately took the coaching afterwards and then went to Jackrabbit after the coaches had finished with him and said, hey, this is what I did. How can I make it work better for you? You know, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not I'm not listening directly to the conversation that they're having, but you can surmise as much. We're standing about 50 feet away from them as they're talking Caleb Farley while Jackrabbit is talking Caleb Farley through these reps. The the willingness to learn and the excitement, uh, the the clear, the clear excitement that he has to take the kind of coaching that is something I I think that is is really uh is really really critical is really really critical at this juncture right all he can do is learn and try and find ways to keep himself healthy right he can go through the motions and he can uh <clears throat> and he can make sure that he has a full understanding from guys who are football uh, football savants jackrabbit jenkins is one of the smartest players in the NFL now, whether you whether you agree with that assessment, whether you're somebody who was critical of him coming out of Florida uh, when he got uh, busted with pot charges, Mac, Coach Mac, was on the staff with the Rams with Jeff Fisher when they ended up taking Jack Rabbit Jenkins, and Mac has as much respect for that dude as any guy that he's coached. It's really fun to watch to watch players that Mac has scouted and that Mac was a part of drafting out there on the field with him during Titans practice, but because he understands all of these ticks that Jack Rabbit has, he understands, he's pointing them out and helping me understand, okay, this is what he's showing Farley here. This is why he's doing what he's doing now. This is what the benefit of that is. Look at how Farley's change of direction happens much more smoothly, much more fluidly, because he has a better understanding of what he's doing. Yes, it's the first time that he's done, done the act of football in some form or fashion, largely since the 2019 season out on a practice field in this kind of a setting, right? It's been some time now he's been rehabilitating. It's not like he hasn't been on a football field or in been in cleats or whatever the case may be. But with Caleb Farley, the, to see, to see the way that rabbit handles all of them and the way that they respond to Jack rabbit, I think is such a big part of what the storyline for the secondary is going to be and you really are encouraged by it because frankly the secondary the secondary has been all over this offense's ass and that's typically how it goes at this time of year camp you know you're 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 slower to you're slower to catch up as an offense than as a defense at the start of training camp and as the offense starts to get more comfortable knocks more of the rust off they get more cohesive they start to catch up to that learning curve that the defense is a little bit ahead on because the defense is flying around out there making plays and taking advantage of missed opportunities or open opportunities that an offense that's working out some stuff presents. Um, from college to today's practice, Farley seems like one of those guys that understands the game on a deeper level, says Jay Tool. I look forward to getting to know him a little better. In fact, I, I hope I'll be able to have him on. I know that I'm going to have Jackrabbit, and I know that I've had, I'm going to have – I have Bayard tomorrow on the radio show. I know that I have Jackrabbit sometime next week. I hope I will. we will have Caleb Farley somewhere in the mix, too. I know he's going to be doing a bunch of stuff uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So it it may be a while, and that's fine. But I look forward to getting to know him a little better because I want to, I want to understand you know, that on principle. Um, thanks for pointing that out, says Dom. Folks are freaking out about Tanny's picks. Defense always looks better in camp. Yeah. Um, so Tannehill is now... It's five days of training camp practice. Tannehill's thrown five interceptions. 
like I'm not to the point where I'm going to be counting. I'm going to be counting uh, Tannehill interceptions like we used to do with Marcus Mariota because it doesn't mean anything, right? I I want to see interceptions right now. I want to see what Tannehill is trying to test out and what ultimately blows up in his face because I know Christian Fulton had a pick six today, what would have been a pick six. I know he dropped another interception, and I can't remember if it was from Tannehill or Kaiser. I'm pretty sure Kaiser threw a pick, but I, if I recall correctly, Fulton did not pick Kaiser off. It was 38, Maurice Smith, who picked Kaiser off. Anyway, like I, I want to see interceptions. I want to see errors now so I can understand the growth that they make as camp progresses. And then if it continues, then we start asking the question, okay, why have they not ironed out these issues that they started camp with? Why are they not seeing things more clearly? Why are they not adapting more to the defense? Uh, we just didn't hear much about that during last year's camp because defense was garbage. Hopefully a good sign of improvement, says Dean Ward. Yeah, last year. Okay, so here's what I'll say. Last year training camp, we are all talking about Corey Davis. Corey Davis was skying through the air, picking off balls one-handed out of the back of the end zone, uh, just absolutely schooling defensive backs out there, a lot like A.J. Brown is uh, is right now. But training camp or contract Corey, contract Corey Davis was the biggest talking point, I think, this time last year, if I recall correctly. Tannehill interceptions is, is, the, is the thing that has stood out. People have tweeted about it enough, so now Titans Twitter is all a tizzy about the situation with their QB1. I would not get bent out of shape just yet. Let's move on and let us discuss uh, Carson Wentz. Man, I feel like it's almost 9 o'clock, and I feel like this is a whole show unto itself. I, a part of me almost wants to uh, almost wants to save it for later in the week, but we're going to talk about it tonight. Uh, we just may have to do it in a little quicker fashion than I would have liked to. Anyway, the question that I'm going to pose to you here on A to Z Sports Primetime from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. Over, under, 10 and a half games. How many does Carson Wentz play this year? We're going to fill you in on the latest with the Colts quarterback and uh, the lack of availability that he will have. Let me know in the comments section. Over, under, 10 and a half games. How many do you think Carson Wentz plays in 2021? Give me your responses on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, we will discuss at length together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is where you go to win the buyer battle with the best intel in Nashville real estate. GaryAshton.com is where you pick it up. The Ashton team will provide you a comprehensive, all-inclusive experience that makes sure that you are taken care of as best as humanly possible to find the home that fits your needs, your dream address without the stress, or to maximize your value if you're in the market to sell your home with the best intel available out there on the Na on the Nashville real estate market right now. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Titans, Preds, and Primetime at GaryAshton.com. All right. So, over or under 10 and a half games, how many does Carson Wentz play this year? Uh, let's see. Um, Tanny is also throwing the backs up to Stofie. Well, no, he's throwing to he's throwing to A.J. Brown today. He's throwing to guys who are – who he's throwing to Ferkser today, Stofie. I don't know what you're talking about, backups. He's out there. Julio – he was out – he was throwing to Julio today, and then Julio came down on a, on a drop pass 
looked like he landed kind of funny and then went in for the rest of the day. So no, he's throwing to the dudes who are going to be out there. And by the way, he should, if he's going to throw to the backups, the backup, he needs to do better with the backups. If the backups are in there, the quarterback needs to elevate the backups. Now, sometimes, you know, I, there have been a lot of interceptions thrown in the direction of Fred Brown, which is something that I think, I think it was me and Tehran and Kaharski that were standing over there in the back of the end zone on Saturday when that observation was made. So yeah, the receivers can play a part in interceptions too, right? If they don't run their uh, their routes to the proper depth, if there's miscommunications, if they run a different route than the one that's being coached for that particular play, they can do that. But Tanny needs to Tannehill needs to elevate the backup wide receivers. That can't be the excuse because you're going to be playing with those dudes at some point uh, throughout the course of the season. Let me know though, over under ten and a half games. How many does Carson Wentz play in 2021? Uh, Marvin Johnson, that's where we are in the discussion. Uh, he is made of glasses, Steven Rodriguez. I mean, last year was the only year that he didn't have a, a season-ending injury in his career, which is crazy because last year was his worst year, and apparently, allegedly he was fully healthy at the time. Now he's dealing with a foot issue that's going to require surgery. Well, in fact, instead of giving you the details myself, why don't we let Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network do it? We may not have a definitive answer on what's going to happen with Carson Wentz for a couple days. Here's why. So on Friday and, and into Saturday, his colleague Mike Garofolo and I were talking about Carson Wentz had a foot injury, felt a little twinge at practice, had a battery of tests, sent scans to, uh, to Dr. Robert Anderson, the nation's expert in feet up at Green Bay. And it was really a question of, is he going to get surgery, which would... Uh, I believe, remove the bone from his foot, resolve the issue, take him off the field for the first game, probably the first couple games, or would he be able to do it without surgery? As of right now, I am told the plan is rest and rehab. Stay off it for several days, see if it improves, see if they can get the foot in a good enough place to where he can practice. No surgery is the plan right now. If it doesn't improve, let's say, within a week, then Wentz will probably go a little bit further, maybe see Dr. Anderson in person, and then decide, is he going to have surgery, which would rob him of the start of the 2021 season? So that was rap sheet bright and early this morning, and then in the middle of the afternoon today, Frank Reich held a press conference, and they said that Wentz is going to go the surgical route. It didn't take a full week, as Rappaport was saying this morning, that it might. They made the decision today that best not to let it linger, best to go and get this procedure. Now they put a five to twelve week time time frame on it, which could be, you know, if it's five weeks, the start of the NFL season, and if it's twelve weeks, he could be his first game back could be the Titans' trip up to Indianapolis, the second of the two matchups that they will play because the Colts and the Titans are done with each other, which weird to me this year, but they're done with each other by October, which could basically be the division at that point, given what we think the Chiefs or the, excuse me, the Texans and the Jags are going to be. But ultimately, if the the time span, is the, the time frame is is funny for a variety of reasons, but this is, this is the route that we knew this was going to go. This is why Indianapolis, when they traded for Wentz, this is why they gave up a third round pick in this year's, this most recent draft, a 2021 third round pick, and a conditional 2022 second round pick. The conditions were that that second round pick could become a first for the Eagles if Carson Wentz played 75% of the offensive snaps this year, or if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the offensive snaps 
and the Colts go to the postseason. So those two stipulations would give the Eagles a first-round pick that was originally a conditional second-round pick. Those are the conditions associated with the second-round pick. So Indy, in trading for him, basically bet against Carson Wentz. And this is why this situation, this accumulation of injuries, all a, a variety of different injuries, and I, I went through the, the list of them earlier, going back to his, his senior year of college at North Dakota State. Uh, I believe it was a broken wrist that started things. And then, you know, rib rib fractures, you have back issues, you have torn ACL and LCL. The 2017 uh, MVP would have been season that the Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. All manner of problems for Carson Wentz. Last year was the healthiest that allegedly he's been. And he was one of, the, he was probably uh, by, by most metrics, the worst starting quarterback in football this year. So when you tell, when I ask you over under 10 and a half games, I mean, I think I'm going to say over, but I don't know that that's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if Carson Wentz is broken and he's out there, like I, like I've been telling you guys that I believe him to be based on watching him on film last year for Philadelphia. And I know there's a bunch of things wrong in Philadelphia last year. So it's not just Carson Wentz physically. That was the problem. But there were a lot of issues that revolved around Carson Wentz and his situation. I will go over. I think he plays in more than 10 games. But I do not think that's probably, at this point, I don't think that's in the best interest of the Colts. And I think that in a 17-game season, you're more likely to see him maybe start a game, not finish a game. Uh, maybe, maybe he gets benched at some point during the season because the injuries are such a problem. We have no idea what the situation for Carson Wentz is going to be, but it's clearly, this is clearly uh, also a good thing. His injuries aren't concussion related. Well, he did have, he got knocked out of the 2019 postseason, right? By Jadavion Clowney. It was the Eagles as a division winner and the Seahawks as a wild card team. And Clowney landed squarely on uh, Carson Wentz's head in the 2019 postseason that knocked him out with a concussion. If you'll remember correct, correctly, he, he is, I hate it because you don't want to see a player's a promising young player, a fun player at the height of Carson Wentz. And I know many of you are Titans fans, so you're rooting against him, I imagine, but I just, I just hate it for, cause I, I loved watching him play in 2017. And I was hopeful that we would see him as a part of this younger crop of quarterbacks continue to elevate the level of their game and just kind of bring up the level of play at that position across the league. Now that we're seeing some of the better ones, Drew Brees and, and uh, Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger's at the end of his career and Rodgers has less years left than, than, uh, than, you know, are behind him at this point. Tom Brady's going to play till the end of time. So it doesn't matter. But with the, the old guard that's moving out, I was looking for Wentz to be one of these guys who could bring the next, the future of the position along and it does not look like Wentz is is bound for that trajectory any longer um Buck how does this turn out for Frank Reich bringing in Wentz says Mark Dalton well I mean what are they going to do they what were their options at quarterback they didn't, they didn't have a better option at quarterback Rivers retired so um it is uh it is a tough scene Zach Bunch on YouTube says the crow will be chewed on soon just just saying the crow will be chewed on soon. No, Zach, you're listen. I uh, <laughs> your quarterback is broken because Zach, I believe, is a Colts fan, if I remember correctly. So, like, 
you know, it doesn't mean that the Colts won't win a game against the, I don't think that the Colts are going to get swept by the Titans this year, but they're, they're playing with a dude who was already broken coming into this thing. And now is continuing, continuing to break more. So there's no, there, you have zero basis to stand on and say the crow will be chewed on soon. No, you are currently the one who should be eating crow for the idea that you've been crowing about Carson Wentz. And now already he finds himself in the injury report for anywhere between five and 12 weeks with foot surgery. Zach, don't be an idiot. I mean, this is just, this is just not realistic. What's happening. I don't care about the Colts or the Titans rooting interest one way or the other, even though I directly benefit if the Titans continue to go further in the postseason and have successful a successful year, right? You guys care more about a winning football team, and that does benefit me. So I can't act like I'm not invested in some way, shape, or form. But like, I don't care if the Colts are good or bad. I don't care if the I would prefer the Titans be good since I talk about them every day or most every day, um, especially with the radio show now. But like, I have no I have no investment in the rivalry. All I'm all I'm saying to you is that you're just not thinking clearly about a situation that you know through two weeks of camp is already out of hand at this point. Reich pushed for Wentz, says Puka. Yeah, and again, what were were, were they going to trade for Stafford? I don't think that we're going to be able to get Matt Stafford because that Stafford is a – in fact, I don't remember if Stafford is a more expensive option or not. I'm sure it would have cost them more in draft capital. I think it was a – I think it was a – I think it was a worthy gamble to make um, a worthwhile gamble to make, and, and it didn't pan out for them. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying that this was the risk. This is why they structured the conditions of that deal the way that uh, the way that they did. Silky G says, Buck, you suck. Tighten up. Numb nut. I don't know if that's supposed to say numb nuts, and I don't know why an all-caps emphasis with a hashtag on YouTube would be a more effective way of telling me to suck, uh, of telling me that I suck, Silky, and I'm not quite sure why I have, uh, why I have, uh, drawn your ire. All I would say to you is, if anything that I have offend, have I, I that I have said uh, has offended you this evening, then I would tell you that you need to toughen up. You need to be a little better, uh, Silky G, because that Silky G is a cool YouTube name. But you are not you are not being worthy of your cool YouTube name right now. Right now you are being soft. Right now you are being mentally weak. And I would say to you that an all caps with a hashtag does not necessarily get your point across any better. And also, if you're calling me a numb nut. The proper term is numb nuts. Um, so I'd say to you, you know, grammar, not a strength at this point, Silky G. Let's do a little better. Uh, who's your team? Bucks is Colt, Colton Blake, uh, Horseman. I, I don't, I, you know, people don't believe me when I say this, but like, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have an NFL team. I just don't. Uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, my, I'm an NFL reporter. I love, I love football. Football's great. I love covering the NFL. The Titans are a really fun team to cover. I really enjoy my job getting to cover the Titans, but like I don't have a rooting allegiance um, among NFL teams. Like I like players. I love I love watching Tom Brady. I love Aaron. I love watching Aaron Rodgers. Love watching Patrick Mahomes. I love I love watching Ryan Tannehill. I love watching Derrick Henry, AJ Brown. Like fun football players are what I am a fan of. Um, but like team affiliation, I don't do that. You know, I I the the one team that I do root for like a fan is the only team in my life that I still root for like a fan. Is uh, is Indiana basketball, and I hate them because they stink. So that's even the the one team that I that I still treat with the uh, with the same kind of excitement and joy uh, as you guys do about the Titans uh, continues to rob me of any joy because they just suck out loud. And I'm hoping to God that the 64 year old Mike Woodson can uh, can uh, 
<laughs> can do better. Um, so, yes, I would say to you that that is indeed the case. Uh, I could see Buck being in love with Bill's – well, I am in love with – Jordan Jordan is spot on. Now, I'm, I mean, Bill's have a fun team. Bill's fans are insane. I enjoy watching Bill's fans. I would not want to be any – like, I would want social distancing between Bill's fans for the remainder of time because they seem like uh, – they seem like uh, – a dangerous bunch. I remember when the Bills played here a couple of years ago, not the Tuesday night game, but the most recent Bills game in Nashville before that, just some dude diving off the pedestrian bridge, trying to break a, break a, a, a folding a folding table because that's what Bills fans do, and he missed the folding table and just skidded his face across the concrete. I am not somebody who partakes in such things, um, but I will, I will watch them, and provided that the Bills fans come out okay on the other side, I will laugh at them. And I will use them for comedic enjoyment, but uh, it also seems wildly irresponsible to, uh, to to be anywhere close to to be anywhere close to Bill's mafia. They seem like a reckless bunch. Dom Odell says you went to school with Oladipo. Yeah, so Victor Oladipo is um, Victor Oladipo is a year older than me, but I believe we're in the same like class. Uh, Vic, I don't. I don't remember if Vic graduated or not. I think he just went to the league. Um, but Victor Oladipo, he, yeah, he was a year older me, older than me, but we were technically, I believe, in the same. No, I might have been, I might have been a class behind him. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I went, I was at, I was at Indiana when Oladipo and Cody Zeller and Yogi Ferrell and Christian Watford. That was the number one team in the country in college basketball. That would have been my sophomore year, and then they pooped themselves in the Sweet 16 against Syracuse, and that's been the last time that I've found true – well, not the Syracuse loss, but that season has been the last time that I've really had true joy about my favorite sport. Uh, Greg C. Olog says, Buck, you're a closet Steeler fan. Well, I love Ramon Foster. Uh, I do love Ramon Foster, who I work with at, at 104.5 The Zone, but I do not uh, – you know, I there's – I have no no connection for the with the Steelers. I'm just uh I'm just you know I'm just a uh, uh come on now y'all. But Buck likes college football. Roll tight. You know Kim. I'm new. To, I'm I'm not new to college football because I've lived down here for six years. But like I was new to college football six years ago. And I Indiana apparently is now good at college football. So apparently now I am a uh, I am a college football guy and an NFL reporter, which is funny. But I love cover. I love covering the league. Uh, the NFL is so much fun to cover. I have the greatest job in the world, and I get to do it twice over for A to Z and for 104.5 The Zone, and and cover the games and go to the games and hang out with cool people and cover great events and see uh, greatness on the field, whether it's Derrick Henry or Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady or um, Aaron Rodgers. Like to get up to get to watch all these things live is uh, is fantastic. There's no question about. It. All right, so. Uh, we're 45 minutes in and we haven't gotten to who is going to play quarterback for the Colts next. I think that's a conversation that we should have tomorrow night. And I think that I should tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, America's top rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is my favorite sportsbook. And speaking of America's top rated sportsbook, speaking of America, our top athletes are in Tokyo right now. They're competing for the gold. DraftKings Sportsbook has a medal-worthy oftener just for my viewers. 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and plug in that promo code A to Z Sports 
when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America simply medals. Gold, silver, bronze. If you bet a buck and America medals, you win $100 in free credits. With uh, with code A to Z Sports to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. So we'll, we'll talk about the Colts quarterback situation tomorrow because the show has already been longer than normal. And I think that's, I really think that's a whole show unto itself because Marcus Mariota is being considered uh, for this. And I saw some tweets out of Vegas today that really, uh, that really didn't shock me. Well, it, no, it did shock me what the Raiders would want in exchange for Marcus Mariota. So we'll talk about who the Titans could potentially be facing if Wentz is to miss one or both of the games against them. We'll do that tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time radio show today. Check it out uh, via the podcast. We had Mike Giardi of the NFL Network because they were out broadcasting live at Titans training camp. We had Jayon Brown, uh, Titans linebacker. Tomorrow we will have Kevin Byard and a great many other guests throughout the course of the week live from Titans training camp. 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. 615 Sessions podcast will be in your feed in like four hours with your Music City mailbag questions as well. I haven't done the mailbag yet. I'm going to do it right after this. So now's your chance. If you want to DM me on Instagram, at Buck Rising, just as you see it spelled below, you can squeeze a few more mailbag questions in while we still have time. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your night. I will see you tomorrow. More great content coming. Don't miss a second. Know, though, that I'm not tired yet. (laughs) 